It's 11 a.m. in a bustling downtown area and you just finished interviewing with your dream employer. You're so excited because the interview went so well. You pull out your phone to call your significant other and tell them about the interview and how great you thought it was and that you think this is the right place for you. You think to yourself about how bad you want this job and what else you can do to set you apart. You think, hmm, should I send a follow-up email? Should I send them flowers to show I went the extra mile? All of these follow-up ideas swirling around in your brain. So let's see what's best. Today we will be going over what to do after the interview to set you apart. And also we'll be giving an overview of our How to Nail an Interview series with some help from the MSUFCU Human Resource Department. This is our third and final episode for the How to Nail an Interview series. This is Wall Watch presented by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. And I am your host Mars. I'm Devante. And I'm Catherine. Okay, so now the interview is over, you think you did a pretty good job, but the work is not done quite yet. You've got to really make a lasting impression. So how do you do that? So for me, one way that I'll kind of follow up and make myself memorable for a potential employer is by sending a letter, you know, a handwritten note to them and maybe I'll reference something, some sort of connection we had during the interview, like if we went to the same school or root for the same team, I'll throw that in just so they kind of remember that personalization and, and think of me, I guess. Yeah, that's super good because they already have your resume, but mm -hmm. they can be like, oh yeah, she likes this team. I like how you use the team thing yeah. um, or like oh her dog or oh I always end up talking about my dog in interviews yeah. so you know people love dogs it is. yeah they do yeah. Uh, half the time they're like do you have a picture and I'm like do I <laughs> and then we end up scrolling through and then they follow my dog on Instagram so it's pretty great so what I've done like to make myself memorable is so I have this story guys it is from getting like my first professional job and I did an interview and I thought that I did okay, but I needed something that was gonna boost me up. So I like took my last $20 and I went and bought some flowers and like a cheap vase and I took it up there to them. And I wound up getting a job, which was pretty cool. Like I had kind of gauged that that was the atmosphere uh -huh, that, that they would be more like would appreciate something like yeah. that. Yeah, and I think that's also very important is for you to you know depending on what type of company it is that you're interviewing for that they seem like really conservative or things like that then maybe just a letter or just an email would be appropriate or would they appreciate a sentiment like flowers or something like that. I would love flowers. Yes, yeah. I feed me. Flowers. Give Always. me food. I, don't I would care. really like yeah. food. That'd, that'd be. I'd hire you. <laughs> oh, that's why I'm not in charge of hiring people. But <laughs> as you can see, we know how to make ourselves memorable. Hence why we have such awesome jobs. I mean, this is pretty great. We get to sit here and talk to you about how to nail an interview and help you get that dream job. So to grab off of some of our stories that we told, for following up, I try to keep in mind, email is the fastest way for you to follow up. It's the quickest way that you can go ahead and get that thank you out to them and let them know that you're appreciative for the interview. And handwritten letters are the most personal way to follow up though. So this is also where in our last episode, we talked about grabbing business cards during your interview. So this is where those business cards come in handy. If you forget to grab business cards, make sure you write down the names of all the interviewers so that you can get an email from the receptionist. Another portion of following up after an interview is deciding when to contact the employer to see if you got the job. Sometimes you even wonder if you are to call at all. 
My tip for you is to wait at least a week before calling into the hiring manager to check on the process. It is also best to ask at the end of your interview what the next steps are in the process. That way you know how to proceed. Yeah, because it's like, you don't want to bother them, mm -hmm. but you also want to seem interested, but you don't want to seem desperate. Yeah. It's tricky. I would probably, I feel like most interviews, they tell you like, we'll make a decision within the week or, you know, however long they'll be, they'll kind of set that time frame. Um, if you don't get that, I definitely recommend asking. Don't call until after that time period. If you don't hear by, say, Monday when they say they're going to call you then I think it's okay to, you know, follow up maybe a couple days after that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but you don't want to be too, what's the word I'm looking for, too pushy. Yeah. yeah. And like calling hi, them when hi, they're like, hi, we, hi, we told you we'd call you in three <laughs> days. Uh-huh. Because, yeah, you think of dealing with that person with payroll or anything right. else. Like, are they going to be that? You might think that you're being, like, ambitious and passionate, but really, you might just be annoying and mm -hmm. they might not want to deal with you later. So, yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. And then I think another, like, a good point of, like, if you have to follow up waiting those couple of days, it also shows that you're keeping your potential employer accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And yeah. that's a good trait to have if you're going into a position and you know, we all have to trust that our coworkers or that our subordinates are doing what it is that they should be doing. Mm -hmm. So accountability is really important. Yeah. And also, if you find out that you didn't get the job, ask for feedback on what you could have done differently. I think that's really, really important um, because you always want to see where it is that you can improve, you know? Yeah. So after the interview is also a time to reflect on how the interview went. Um, I like to write down a list of what I did well and what I might need to work on. This will help to improve, so maybe your next interview, you'll hit it out of the park. Next up, we have some tips that our amazing HR department has sent over to us about best and not so great practices in the interview processes. So our first question is, what are the do's and don'ts of the interview process? The do's are dress appropriately. It's better to be overdressed than underdressed and be courteous to absolutely everybody you come in contact with. Also, be prepared to share situations that are relevant to the competencies applicable to the position. So collaboration, flexibility, and initiative, things like that. Also, be inclusive. Talk and make eye contact with everyone you speak to during the interview process. The don'ts are, don't provide an answer that doesn't apply to the question. And please do not send the interviewer a LinkedIn invitation. That's just awkward for everyone. Don't talk poorly about your current or previous employer or manager. Also, don't use documents from a previous application to apply for your positions. So when you're turning in your new cover letter for one company, it shouldn't say company A on it instead of company B. Ooh. It's very bad. important to pay attention to. Yeah. They can kind of tell, too, when you're using a cookie-cutter cover letter. Yeah. When, wow, I'm so excited for this position, and I <laughs> would be valuable for your company because of this. Make sure that each and every one is personalized. Believe me, they can tell. Mm -hmm. So our next question was things that make individuals memorable in a good way. Some of the tips we got here were use a good firm handshake. So again, we kind of touched on this in part two. You don't want your handshake to be too weak or too firm and overpowering. Kind of practice that ahead of time. Bring good energy and be engaging during the interview. Try to be well prepared with evidence that you have done your homework on the company and have the ability to share memorable hobbies, interests, or fun facts. That's only going to help your employer remember you better. But try your best to not be memorable in a bad way. 
Like in some unfortunate situations our HR department shared with us, when asked how you have dealt with difficult co-workers, the individual replied, well, that's usually me. I'm the difficult co-worker. Additionally, they shared that a 30-minute interview went for an hour and a half because the candidate would not stop talking. Some questions that our HR department heard that impressed them include, what do you like most about working here? When should I expect to hear from you next? And what would be the next step of the selection process? They also noted that the best way to follow up is by emailing a message highlighting your continued interest and enthusiasm for the position. Now we're going to recap our How to Nail an Interview series and go over some key takeaways. Episode 1 was all about preparation for the interview. So do your research, know where the company is going, know how you'll fit into their future, and make sure that the company is where you want to actually be. Next you want to know your superpower, so know what you are better at than anybody else in the world. This is something that you typically can't teach to an employee, so it's something that you've got, like, maybe you're super efficient, maybe you tend to be a mediator, maybe you're really good at keeping up morale, something that they're not going to be able to teach you that is invaluable to an employer. Next, you want to tell stories. People remember stories way better than facts, and it'll help you be memorable in a good way. And then lastly, if you get asked that, what is your greatest weakness question, take some sort of thing that you've gone through and spin it in a good way to make you come out in the best light possible. So spin it if you've gotta. So episode two was all about the night before and day of the interview. A quick recap here. First, practice, practice, practice. So grab a friend or a family member and have them kind of mock interview you so you can get into a groove, figure out how you're going to answer questions and things like that. Be prepared. So be sure to print out copies of your resume, your cover letter, map out your route, have clothes ready, and do a last minute checkup on the company in case they're in the headlines. Get a good night's rest, that's very important, every day. Have good interview manners, be sure to be yourself, but be the best version of yourself so they can see, you know, what your personality is like, but still be sure you're presenting yourself well. So be sure to have some questions prepared for the interviewer. Now's your chance to show off your research skills and tailor questions to the specific position, the department, and the company. Remember, you're interviewing the company as well to make sure that they'd be a good fit for you. And finally, this episode was all about what to do after the interview. Following up within 24 to 48 hours is typically good interview etiquette. Handwritten messages show you as being more personable and emailing would allow you to say thank you as quickly as possible. And if you find out that you didn't get the job, ask for feedback on what you could have done differently. This can also go into when you're doing a self-inventory of what you did wrong, or well, I shouldn't say what you did wrong, but what you could have improved on and also what you did correct. Write down that list so you can see. So for the next interview, you can improve upon your skills. This episode concludes our How to Nail an Interview series. We thank you for listening and we'll talk to you in our next episode. Walla Watch is written and hosted by Mars Woodbury, Catherine Hurth, and me, Devontae Montgomery. We are recorded and produced by Mars Woodbury, and our executive producers are Whitney Anderson Harrell and Lauren Klarzik. Wallet Watch is brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. You can find more episodes of this show at our credit union website, financial40.org, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in our next episode.